Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning again, and uh, welcome to First Nazarene again. Thank you for being here. Today is a special day in the life of our church. Maybe some of you, as you come in, you're like, well, there's donuts here. What's, what's going on here? If somehow you've missed the announcements over the last couple of weeks, uh, today is going to be a great day in the life of our church. We have the donut walls out. Our message today is called Rewind Fast Forward. And then after the second service today is the soup or bowl, uh, chili cook-off and dessert auction. Really, it's a great community event for you to spend time with others in the life of our church. Uh, before I jump into the message, Rewind Fast Forward, Again, so you have that stone that you received when you came in, if you want to uh, hold on to it. Uh, Today is also a big day. There's a game tonight. I'm not sure if anybody is aware. I think it's football. I think there's a game tonight. Um, I I just want to like quick poll, by the way, Uh, not who you think will actually win, but who you are rooting for. Is there anybody that would say, I am rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. All right, keep those hands up. Keep them up. Keep them up. You raise your hand. I saw you. Don't back down now. I saw you. Keep your hands up. All right, everybody else, take that stone out that you received when you... Just joking, just joking. Uh, If you're new, you may not know this. Uh, I grew up an hour south of Kansas City. Uh, I lived in Kansas City for five years, so I am a Chiefs fan. Um, If the Chiefs lose tonight, please pray for your pastor. Um, this friend asked me, they're like, you know, what are the people like in Chicago? And I said, uh, Chicago land area. I was like, in Chicago, uh, everyone has their opinions and you will know them hundred percent. So no, I'm, uh, hopeful rooting for my team tonight. New perspectives. I want to say if you're new to our church today, uh, this is a different kind of day. You know, normally I do walk through biblical scripture and uh, what is Jesus saying to us in light of uh, the different things he has been speaking into our community. Today is really about rewinding. Let's look at 2022. Let's see what God has done in the life of our church. Let's pause and celebrate it. And then fast forward and say, here's a little bit of where I think God might be leading us in this next year. So if you're new, I would encourage you, uh, it is a different day, and I want you to come back and keep coming back. One Sunday normally doesn't change our lives. It's the continual rhythms of introducing different means where God can speak into our life. So keep coming back, but also, if you're new, maybe it is a great first Sunday to be here because you get a little bit more about the heartbeat of the church and you get to see the evidence that God is alive and active and moving in and through this people, the church. So I want to say welcome to you. We'll start today from Joshua chapter four. Uh, there's a unique moment that happens in scripture. You picture God's people They're in slavery and bondage in Egypt for 400 years. God raises up Moses and he leads them out of slavery. He leads them through 40 years in the desert. God himself provides all that they need from water 
to food, to the daily things that they need, keeping them away from um, disease and sickness. He takes care of them. And he says, I am leading you to a promised land, a land full of milk and honey. It's flowing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's the land of your ancestors, and I will take you back home there. When they get to the end of the journey of the desert, they're getting ready to cross over into the promised land. And just as God had split the water at the Red Sea when they began their wilderness journey, now he splits the water of the Jordan River as they now enter into the promised land. And I'm not sure about you, but whenever you know you're coming into something new and exciting, it can be easy to sprint and just run full speed ahead. And if I'm then, we've been wondering for 40 years and that whole generation passed away and now we finally get to go, let's go and never look back again. And yet there's this moment in Joshua 4, right after they cross the Jordan River. Let's read it together. And Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each one of you must pick up a stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. So in the future, your children will ask you, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So Joshua is saying, before we just run into what's ahead, we need a moment of pause to remember to say, we will now know for the generations to come what God has done among us. I'm viewing this Sunday as a little bit of a pause. Let's not just run away from 2022 so fast that we kind of just forget what happened, but let us celebrate it. It's almost a state of the church address, and I I do think that you will feel it's incredibly celebratory, and at different points today, uh, I want to share with you stats, but more than stats, I want to share with you stories. And as you hear stories, if you want to celebrate those people, I would encourage you to be able to do that today. Before we share those, I want to share with you just the different teaching series that we were in in 2022. Maybe it will bring something to mind. It will recall something for you. Maybe you would say, when you see the image of the series even, oh yes, I remember when God taught me that in that series. We started the year with On Track, on how to get back, get your life back on track and lay track for others. We moved to Fight for Your Life, where we learned how to fight temptation and live lives in freedom. We went through Oasis, a deep study of how to refresh your soul through the spiritual disciplines of prayer, of fasting, of silence, and solitude, and scripture. Easter was a phenomenal day where we ministered to over 1,100 people through our three services here, and many made decisions for Jesus. We heard of the legacy series of how do we leave a legacy for others, and I won't call it ironic because I believe the Holy Spirit aligned things to happen, but at the end of that series is when Pastor Brian announced that he would be leaving to become a district superintendent, and in by doing so, leaving a legacy of his 10 years of leadership in this church, pointing us and others to Jesus. We looked at the in light of Jesus. How do we look at the Old Testament and see that Jesus is in the midst of it all throughout? And words of wisdom over the summer while we were, had an interim period with no lead pastor, we brought in voices like our seminary president, our Bible college president, other former staff to come and speak words of wisdom into our community. 
then in the early fall uh, was my installation. This church desired, decided to elect a lead pastor with a baby face to the church. We began our Seek and Save series where we saw that the heart of God isn't just interested in gathering with a holy huddle of people who like to be together, but the heart of God is always seeking and saving those who are lost. He's out on the road searching, and if this is the God we follow, then we as a church should have the same heartbeat. Yes, we love being together. Yes, we love community things like we're gonna do today, but our heart is to seek and save those who are lost. We then moved into the Purple Kingdom series where we learned the kingdom of God is not red or blue, but it is purple. And we're unified under King Jesus and his vision of human flourishing and his vision of the kingdom, as he called it, for the world, and then learn how to live in that kingdom. Thanksgiving was a powerful time of hearing from you, the community, how God has blessed you in both good and bad throughout the year. And we ended the year with Christmas, with light in the dark, finding that Jesus is our hope, our love, our joy, and our peace. During the Christmas season, we gave over 200 coats away to bring warmth to those in the uptown community so they could have a coat for the winter. Not only did we provide warmth, but we provided cheer. We, um, we, we gave away over 125 individual personalized Christmas presents to a specific kid with a name, with the present that they wanted through our partnership with By the Hand. And this Christmas, uh, and our, through our Christmas services, we were able to minister to over 1,100 people, including many new guests to our church, 12 months and about two minutes. Do you remember something that God taught you in this last year? I want to highlight our different ministries. First of all, our Nazarene Recreation Program, led by Pastor Ethan. I am so incredibly thankful for Pastor Ethan. If you've met him, you know he's got lots of energy. He's a little bit all over the place, but he's super fun to talk to. And he brings that same energy every day as he speaks with the including families, 10,000 people that will come through our Nazarek program every single year. He connects with them, and they begin to see him not just as director, but as Pastor Ethan. Hey, Ethan, could you pray for my family? Hey, Ethan, could you care to follow up with us in this way? Hey, Ethan, I've been interested in, in coming to church. Can I come to church? Ethan says, yes, of course you can come. He's been a blessing to our Nazarek. This year, our summer camp filled up in 14 days. Our Nazarene United Club Soccer has 267 members, and we had 3,249 Nazarek registrations this year. It's incredible. More than just the numbers, can I share a story with you today? I want to share with you about Mike. Mike writes this, 2022 was one of the most amazing years of my life. I've never felt so much joy, and it is all thanks to God. My two boys turned eight and one this year, and this year I had the privilege of marrying the love of my life, Kayla, at First Naz in October. I'm beyond thankful for every day, every day for her and this church. Our premarital counseling was key to strengthening our relationship with each other and our relationship with God. Another pivotal moment in my story this past year was when Pastor Ethan gave me the opportunity to start working for Nazarek and use my passion to serve God and the community. I've coached Rising Stars baseball, and I currently coach Rising Stars basketball. This position has given me some great times. It's led me to meet some of the best people that I now call my friends, and I look forward to it every week. God then led me to other opportunities to further my growth in the church by serving and by joining life groups. 
I enjoy volunteering with NAS kids on the security team and with the third graders on Sunday morning. I play in the basketball life group in which we have won two seasons in a row. Um, Mike, I don't feel that, like why you needed to put that you won two seasons in a row. Like, we know you beat my team. You don't have to keep adding that in there, but thanks for that. Uh, and I've completed the 31-day men's Bible reading life group. I also love seeing the meaningful impact that First NAS has had on my family. My wife has grown in her friendships through the church, through the moms group, and volunteering with NAS kids, and our sons are making friendships and growing closer to God by participating in NASREC and NAS kids each Sunday. Man, there's so much happening here. I could go on for a while, but I'll wrap it up. I didn't have very committed feelings towards church or God when growing up. But until I met Kayla and started coming to First Naz, and ever since I have given my life to God, he's really run with it. I couldn't be more grateful for the new friendships, the opportunities, the mindsets I've been blessed with in 2022. I can't wait to see what God has for me this next year. I'm looking forward to growing closer to him and closer with our First Nazarene family. Would you join me in celebrating Mike's story this year? In our NAS preschool here, we run five days a week. This last year, our enrollment was 110. This last year, we brought on a brand new preschool director, Meisel Boyce. If you've been around the church, that name might seem a little familiar. In our hire, we didn't go outside. We actually hired someone within the church. We wanted someone in our director role who already loves our church. So as they would have interactions with families, as they would have interactions with those kids, they could display the love that this church has for those families and invite them into it. We've hired new teachers this year, including having Pastor Hunter, our children's pastor, teach Bible within the preschool. But then he knows 110 kids' names and those parents. So when we invite them to church, they already feel safe and comfortable to come to this place. There's some stats. Can I share a story with you? If you say no, I'm probably going to share it anyway, just so you know. Some of you have heard Shelly's story. We shared a little bit of it on Food Truck Sunday. It's hard to have a one-hour interview condensed into a two-minute video, and you may not realize that Shelly's story actually began with preschool. So my name is Shelly. My journey with Naz here has been one of been the best adventures that has changed my life in so many ways. It all started with a simple text message from a woman about Nazarene preschool. Once here I started preschool, someone told me about Nazarek activities and we started doing cheerleading class. And after one of those first classes, something magical happened. I was, as I was walking out to go sit in my car alone to wait out her class, just like I had every other time, I was stopped by a gentleman who made random conversation with me about how I should maybe give Sundays a try. We had help with children so that moms and dads could go into service. Later, I found out that that individual was actually Pastor Galen, which I found was quite shocking because he seemed so normal, because pastors aren't normal people. <laughs> I know, Shelley, I can say that. It's okay. And that really gave, made me give it some thought that he was comfortable. I met some of the pastor's wives and their kids. Jessica Whittakin invited me to her daughter's birthday party. And after meeting them, I felt like I had known them for years. They told me again I should come on a Sunday and that they would save me a seat. There was never any judgment here, just acceptance, which was something that my soul so desperately needed. It's amazing how one place and one conversation can change your life. First Nazarene Church has been a fundamental part of my life since that conversation. 
My children wake up excited to go to church on Sundays, and I wake up excited to go to church on Sundays. Not only do I get to be a part of the service, but then I get to go back into the clubhouse and teach the children the story of Jesus. Thank you, Naz, and every human within its walls for never letting me feel alone again. Do you celebrate Shelley and her story? This year in our first NAS worship tech and online ministries. Most of worship you see from the stage, but our tech ministry and our online has been at work behind the scenes. You may not realize this, but every Sunday, 25% of our church that engages with our church does so online, 25% every week. This team of tech and online is a small but incredibly faithful team. Every week there is 11, or there's 11 different people who serve online and 21 people this year who are new to serving in worship, tech, and online. The dedication of these volunteers is extraordinary. Many of them serve every single week here at the church. They've revamped a lot of the cameras and the systems, not only here in the room, but downstairs and upstairs. You can see pictures of some of the spaces that if you've been online, you have seen and you have benefited from hearing the gospel no matter where you are. You know, I think of our online ministry. It primarily exists as a ministry for those who can't or won't come to church. Maybe it's health, maybe it's anxiety, uh, or maybe they have had a bad experience, or as a first-time guest. What we're finding is that by the time most people actually step foot here for the first time, they've already watched us online for two, three, four, five weeks. So it is our front door. When I think of our ministry online, online and how it serves people who otherwise can't come to church. I think of a story. Can I tell you a story? I'll tell you about Maureen. In the summer of 2021, we were led to First Nazarene by Mary Billish, my aunt. At the beginning of 2022, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. That diagnosis filled me with extreme fear. But God placed the people in my path and guided me to the medical team, rekindled friendships, surrounded me with support from friends and families and neighbors, and now my new church family too. I can see God working in big and little ways. First Nazarene has been an essential part of helping me to turn and trust God through this ordeal. I'm certain that God used my aunt to direct us to First Nazarene because he knew that I would need support. The women in the Wednesday night Bible study have rallied around me. They brought me a basket of courage, sent me cards, checked in for updates, even had other Bible study groups praying for me. They made me a video that was included in my montage that my daughter made for me on my last day of chemo. One person who stands out is Martha Hendman. She's been sending cards and texting me at least every week. I will forever be thankful for the overwhelming amount of support that I have received. While I have been receiving chemo, I normally attend online. When I would come to church in person, I would have people that I didn't even know telling me they were praying for me. These were people that my husband knew or other people on the greeting team who I had only briefly met. My cancer journey is not over. I still have more treatment in my future. I've learned a lot this past year. Fear and desperation can have a profound effect on your prayer life, but God is in control and he is at work even in my cancer. There is an indispensable value of family and friends. God can use your cancer to strengthen your relationship with your spouse and this journey has included some pain and suffering, but I know it's only temporary and it does not compare to God's eternal glory that awaits me. Do you join me in celebrating Maureen and her story this year? 
This year in our NAS Kids ministry, led by Pastor Hunter, uh, we have many different things to celebrate. One of the biggest highlights for Pastor Hunter was on Easter. We, ha- we haven't done this in 20 years, but let's see if we could do an Easter egg hunt. Who knows if anyone will show up? We'll throw the doors wide open. We'll do our best to get ready. Will anyone show up? Well, let's see. Let's buy 15,000 eggs just in case that they do. And on that Saturday morning of Easter weekend, over 1,500 people came through that Saturday morning, and those 15,000 eggs disappeared in 42 seconds. (laughs) That night and the next morning over Easter, 114 kids came to hear the good news of Jesus, some of whom came to the egg hunt that morning and came back for church for the very first time that night. Now as kids ministered to 163 different kids in December, it's where it's a picture of where we currently are now, and we were able to share the gospel with 312 different kids in 2022. In our student ministry, uh, we onboarded Pastor J.M., our new youth pastor. If you have seen him, met him, heard him preach, you know he is slightly older than me, but he has five times the amount of energy that I do. He is excited. He is on fire for what God is doing in this place and in our students' lives. And if you look at our youth ministry, you can see the difference it has made. Over the interim, while we were hiring and had no youth pastor, our youth ministry would dip even down to maybe six kids at a gathering. Now we have an average of 35 and even uh, had 50 uh, one time this last fall. They're excited. They're all in the gym right now setting up for the soup or bowl later, rallied around their new pastor, JM. The greatest evidence to see what God is doing in our students' lives comes in two ways, in my opinion. Number one, you can see them serving. You've seen them serve in tech. You've seen them serve on worship. They serve in the kids. They're now, even as teenagers, turning around to give their life away for the sake of others, just as Jesus has done. We also saw a few different students this last year make a decision for Jesus and enter into the waters of baptism. I want to highlight our pastoral care and our senior ministries here at our church, led by Pastor Bob, who's done a phenomenal job of coordinating different events for our seniors to be able to participate in, to grow closer to God and grow closer to one another. And then he's coordinated some incredible pastoral care. In a church of this size, pastoral care mostly happens through the connections that you make on your serving team and your life groups, but yet even then, coordinating pastoral care and volunteer leadership to care for our people. When I think of 2022 and the amount of pastoral care, just the church showing up for one another, I think of the many families that may have a story similar to Pat Hare. I'll share with you her story. This year, 2022 started like most. We were in bed before the ball dropped. Life was slowing down due to Jim's weakening heart. On Easter morning, Jim experienced a cardiac event, but instead, of going to, but instead we went to our church here. Our lives have revolved around this church for so many years. It has, been in my, it has been my family's church since before I was even born. Jim and I met at this church. We married here. We raised our children here. So it wasn't unusual for us to be in church, even though we didn't feel well. In October, Jim went into the hospital again, and this time, his heart would now be too weak to recover. During this time, we were blessed over and over by church staff and church family who visited, encouraged, and prayed for us. God called Jim to heaven while we were in the hospital, but I was able to say to him, Jim, I will see you again at his funeral here at the church. In my early 20s, God promised me he would never leave me or forsake me, and he has kept that promise. 
While there are days when I feel like I do not have the strength to go on without him, I know that God is there. He holds me as I walk into this new journey without the love of my life, but God has blessed me with a church family. They continue to lift me up in prayer, call me, and send me encouraging notes and cards. We are available. This church is available whenever that I may need them. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you for Chicago's first Nazarene church. My cup runs over. We're with you, Pat, and we celebrate you today. And I know every person lost to us and their gain to heaven will be missed But this year, we seem to have lost some of the great saints that have served this church so faithfully for literally 20, 40, 60 plus years. Remember Sam Crestle, Dick Jones, Sonia Hespel, Thomas Dyer, Ruth Wegforth, Tony Roscoe Sr., Jim Hare, among others. We know in the kingdom of God, there are no goodbyes. There are only see you laters. And I'm thankful for our volunteer and staff team and you as a church more than anything that is able to come along one side, alongside one another and care for one another. This year in our life groups, we've had over 396 people step into a life group. Our average number of people meeting in a life group every week is 241 involved in a group every week. We've had a number of new leaders in that book that you saw on the seats. This spring we have 32 life groups running, which is an all-time high If you want to find connection, experience community, whether it be through some activity like pickleball or basketball, or I think there's uh, indoor driving range golf this spring, you can find like-minded Christian people to do that with or grow in Bible studies or support. There is a space for you. All of that leading up to this. Here's our big wins. It's our mission critical wins for this year. These are the things that we look at to see Are we accomplishing what God wants us to do? Are people beginning a relationship with Jesus because of the ministry of this church? In 2022, First Nas welcomed over 400 new guests into this place. In worship, we averaged 583 people. That is for the year. If you were to look at our last three months, we were actually averaging 630, and we're up 80 people than we were this time one year ago. If our mission as a church is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus, then we have to look at are people actually choosing Jesus to forgive them of their sin, give them new life, begin this journey and change of life transformation within them. I'm excited to report to you. I wish I had the drummer back to give me a drum roll here, but I don't. In 2022, 125 people made a decision for Jesus because of this church and our ministries and our people, and I think that is worth celebrating. Amen. Within that number, I want to highlight Kathy Powell. I'm not sure if she's here in this service or not. A a strikingly large number of that number has come specifically from one individual, Kathy Powell. She's the director of our Celebrate Recovery here on Friday night. For anyone with hurts, habits, and hangups, all are welcome and you you can come. She also goes into Timberline Knowles, which is a uh, women's secular treatment center here uh, in Lamont that serves women, about 200 women. She goes in there to provide a spiritual track if anyone wants to come. And women who are at the very lowest point in their life can come and seek Jesus. Kathy has the opportunity to sit with them and say, do you know Jesus? Would you like to know Jesus? And pray with them. It's incredible work that she has done. In our church this last year, we have celebrated 27 baptisms, 27 new members. 
And you're like, Galen, why are we celebrating numbers? I'll tell you this. We celebrate numbers at a church because every number is a person. Every person has a story, and every story matters. So when I say 125, it can sound like, oh, that's a lot. Ooh, let's celebrate that. But I don't want you to forget, it's every one person experiencing life transformation. Can I tell you a story of one of those? I'll tell you about my friend, John. So I first started coming to First Nazarene when I was invited to attend the Wednesday night's Bible study with some inspirational men headed by Paul Tim. In early March of 2022, I started attending service and decided to give my life to Jesus. Later, I met with Pastor Galen, and on April 17th, 2022, after the Easter service, I was baptized, which was the best decision I've ever made. By that time, I'd met more members of the church along with other pastors. My wife and I became members, which led us to help elevate the church by our donating weekly. I signed up for serving as a greeter on service on Sundays. I'm a part of the daily devotional text chain with other men from the church, all while becoming more a part of this community. The culmination of everything just listed has changed my life drastically. I'm no longer the self-serving, angry, active alcoholic, emotionally closed husband, father, employee, coworker, friend, or family member. I cannot describe the drastic change in my life, my house, my work. Every day I think about how I can serve Christ more and how I can be in service in all I do. I'm not perfect, and every day is a day of me killing the old me and making me new again. Sometimes good days, sometimes bad, but I have an army of men in this church that help me be accountable and help each other through the tough times and celebrate the good times. Having a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ and seeing all the things he's done in my life, that is what the first Naz family has done for me. He closes Joshua 24, 15, but as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Most sincerely, John Helms. Thank you, John. Amen. Good move. No one's cutting onions backstage. I just believe it's powerful. Amen. This year, I'm also happy to report uh, that through our financial givings, uh, we had a total come in of 1760000 which enables the ministries that we just mentioned to happen. I, can't, I don't have time to mention how a vast majority of this, or not a majority, but a, a larger amount than you would believe goes out from this place to serve Nazarene education, our universities, our seminaries, our missionaries around the world within the Nazarene church and outside of the Nazarene church, even through this local church as well. I'm thankful for your faithful giving that makes this mission happen. Sometimes we think of our giving as something I should do because the Bible tells me to or something I do because I love the service, but you don't realize that giving enables life transformation stories like we have just heard. Thank you for your faithfulness. So there's the rewind. It's a lot. But now I want to say, what does it look like to fast forward? Taking in light all that we have seen, oh, the last song we sang today, God is faithful. Man, last year, he was faithful. Today, he's faithful. What if in the next year, God continues to bless this place like he has started to again? What could be in this place? I'll give you a brief overview of a few things we at least at this point we know that we'll be participating in as a church in 2023. The first in our teaching series. Next Sunday, Pastor Ethan, our rec pastor, is going to share with us. After that, then following week, we'll begin a series together called All In. 
This is a time in the church calendar normally called Lent, where we kind of examine ourselves a little more. We prepare for Easter, and even if you didn't grow up in a tradition where you're used to those words of Lent, uh, different things, this is a time where I want us to intentionally draw close to Jesus. I'm gonna be teaching on Jesus' hard words from, from the book of Luke. Jesus, did you really say those things? And I want us together as a church not to view our relationship with Jesus as a cherry on top of the one thing I add to my life, but to say, Jesus, I'm all in. Whatever you want from me, I'm saying yes. To kick off this series, we're gonna be hosting an Ash Wednesday service. We have not done this in a week and a half, one week from Wednesday, it's February 22nd. You can come on that Wednesday night. Uh, I think of two groups of people. Those of you that grew up with Ash Wednesday and crosses on your head, maybe you went through the motions, but you didn't really know why you did it. I want to share with you more about what this time is about. Or those of you that are brand new to church and you're like, never heard of Ash Wednesday, cross on your head sounds very interesting. I wanna teach you and share with you some of the deep history of the church, why we celebrate what we do during this time. Children's programming uh, will be available on that night. As we continue through the All In series after that, then we will head forward towards Easter. Dr. David Busick is one of the top people in our denomination, one of six who run the entire global worldwide Church of the Nazarene, will be coming here with us to share. Travel the world and see what God is doing and then be able to share with us amazing stories the week before Easter. Easter this year is entitled New Perspectives. Easter is always powerful, but specifically this year, I think for those that have grown up in church but walked away, if they might come back to church for one day because it's Easter, maybe they could see Jesus in a new light. The series I'm most excited about this spring, right after Easter, is called Planting. In this planting series, I believe I want to unveil a little bit more than I do today where I think God may be leading us as a church. If, you, if we want to see a harvest of all that God could do, and that's Jesus' biblical metaphor language, a harvest of people coming into the kingdom, a harvest of people's lives getting changed because of the good news of Jesus, the gospel. If we want to see a harvest, then we must first plant. Plant seeds, water them in expectation of growth that a harvest will one day come. The three ways that we will plant is by prayer, by invitation, and invest. Pray, invite, invest for this year. Remembering the words of 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. This fall, we'll be looking at foundations. With so many new people coming into the church, I want to highlight, what does it mean? Membership, baptism, communion, even Nazarene itself. What does all of this mean? What are the foundations of our faith? We'll also hear from one of our missionaries from the Dominican Republic. And this fall, as we launch with Food Truck Sunday again, uh, we will I'll kick off a series again called Helping Families Win. We'll intentionally, unlike ever before, invite our Nazarek and preschool families to join the church family and say, Jesus has so much to say about our families, so much to help us win, to live life as it should be. And finally, if we've been planting, inviting, investing all year, uh, we'll look to our Christmas series uh, to be a large one entitled Unexpected Christmas. There you go, through 2023. And this year, this idea of planting. I want to believe, and this is what I pray for our church every day at 3.20, the words of Ephesians 3.20, that 
that God wants to do far more, immeasurably, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power at work within us in the Holy Spirit. If God wants to do that in and through our church, I think it will come in a series of planting as we pray. Every time you pray for someone, you're planting a seed. Could it come to pass? God, could they come to faith? What if we as a church not only are a people who pray, but we become a praying people every day for our neighbors, our church, our community, and our country to seek revival? God, would you move among us? No move of God or revival has ever happened apart from prayer. We must commit ourselves to these things. Pray, but then invite. Not just pray for people, but then begin to invite them into things. From invitations that come as an individual, face to face, me to you. Would you join me for church? I'll save you a seat. I go to this service. Would you come with me? Which means as a church, if we're going to invite people, we need to have series or different Sundays where we are inviting them into Last year, the last two years, you participated in Food Truck Sunday. It's been our highest guest attended Sunday outside of Easter and Christmas, simply because we said, we're gonna do some food trucks, I don't really think it's about that, but we told you, if you're ever gonna invite someone to church, this is the Sunday to do it, and you did. What if we can create more Sundays like that? So not another food truck Sunday, but in the same feel, on May 21st, we're gonna have a summer kickoff Sunday with the same feel as Food Truck Sunday, but in the spring. Also coordinate smaller donut Sundays. We're intentionally inviting others. We're gonna lean into our family ministry team to create environments that families will enter into where then we can invite them to church. And once they come to church, they will hear the good news of Jesus, respond, be baptized, become members, become a life of the community. Things like the family glow party that we just heard of, to lean into a few more of those. Finally, intentional efforts to reach our new neighbors. I don't know if you have seen the, the townhomes that have went in behind Chili's. I don't know why Chili's is such a landmark for me, but uh, Home Depot, Meyer over here, uh, the townhomes that have went in there. I don't know if you saw the uh, apartments that are going in in downtown Lamont, Marbella of Lamont, I believe it's called. I don't know if you see the 32 townhomes going in right at the end of our own block or obviously the 400 homes that are going in at Glen Eagles. What if we were as a church that as people moved into the neighborhood, more than just mailing them something, showed up and said, hey, we're your church. Welcome to the community. We're glad that you're here. We have amazing things for you and for your family in a personal way. What if we begin to develop teams who can welcome new people into our community well? We pray, we invite, and then we invest. We need to invest in the next generation, in our children. We need to invest because someone invested before we ever walked into this place. Invest for the next 50 years. We're coming up on 50 years of being here at this property. What does it look like to dream about the next 50? Well, this year we'll re-engage with BLDD, it's our building company, to see about different options that we may need to address. If our children's ministry continues to grow at the rate it does, we will literally run out of room to tell kids about Jesus, which is unacceptable. We need an elevator that will reach our loft space and our youth ministries and so that our other ministries can use one of the best spaces we have as a church, but you may not even know it exists because we don't hold events there because if you can't do stairs, it is difficult to get there. What if we could remove that barrier for people to experience ministry? We will invest in leadership development as a church. 
We're looking with consultants about our staffing structure. Our church has changed so much in 20 years, but the way that we structure our staff has not. We're asking the question, are we really positioned to reach more people for Jesus in the best way? And as a church, we're leaning in to a intern and resident program. Beginning this summer, you'll start to see some newer faces that are interns and residents beginning to prepare for ministry. That one day we may hire as our own pastors or we may release and send to other churches. But if God has called this church to be the mother church of the Midwest as we have been for 118 years, what does it look like to reinvest in those leaders and send them out into ministry. And the final place of investment, church, I would ask you to pray with me in these days. The same ministry I told you about with Kathy, praying with those women one-on-one, it looks like God may be opening a door, and I would ask you to pray with me for that open door into Timberline Knowles. Just a few miles away from here, those 200 women come When they come here, it is a life and death situation for many of them. They're at the most critical moment of their life, which we also know is often the place where they might be the most open to turn to Jesus. The work of TK is phenomenal. It's a holistic approach to helping these women get their life back on the right track, and they want spirituality to be a part of it, but they don't have many options. I'm in talks with their leadership of, it's hard to bust them here, and do they have off-ground privileges? Do they not? So I said, what if we could bring church to you? What if in this room we could put up an even bigger TV and we could stream the same Sunday morning service offering the hope of Jesus to anyone who will listen? What if we had a team of females who could be there every week to say, I'm at church with you and if you want to pray with somebody, I'm here to pray for you today. I'm asking God to open this door because I think if he does, we could see more and more people coming to faith in him, not even in this location, but as a part of this service in a different location. Pray with me, and it may be part of our investment this year. Finally, today, when I think of rewind, fast forward, I want to go all the way back to the beginning. I think of Joshua. I think of the Israelites. I think of the stone. We want to remember what was, and look ahead to what the future is. I thought about how I wanted to close this service today and I realized I don't want it just to be about the church, but I want it to be about you. The band is gonna play in just a moment and as they do, I want you to think about your 2022. What is it that you want to remember from this last year? I want you to go to the the second one, the next one, Alan. It says this. When you build these as a memorial, in the future your children will ask you, what is it that you need to remember from 2022 that you need to pass on to your children? 2022 was amazing because God did this and son, you need to know. Grandson, you need to know. Or 2022 was incredibly difficult but God was so faithful, I need you to know. As the band plays, they're gonna sing a song about God's faithfulness and God's goodness. I want you to think, how has God been good to me in 2022? As God brings something to mind, I want you to pray just in your seat holding that rock and say, God, thank you for what you have done. And then if you're willing and able and comfortable, if you're in the room, what I would love for you to do is to walk forward and put it right here in the middle of the ground. And just maybe one stone in the beginning. But if others would participate, what would it look like to have a pile of thankfulness as a memorial, not only for what God has done in our church, but when you look at that, you would know God has done this in my life. Something that he has done for me that I want to share with someone else. As the band plays, I would invite you to reflect, 
And if you want to, and if you're ready, you can come forward, place it on the carpet, and we will remember God's goodness and faithfulness in this next year and ask his blessing on the next. Let's continue as we sing today. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, today we proclaim your goodness. For each one of us individually, as we've thought about this last year, good or bad, we can stand here today and say, you are good. God, thank you for your faithfulness to us as individuals who make up your church, and God, this church as a whole, thank you for your goodness, your favor, your spirit's power among us. As we place our hope and our faith in you, the resurrected Jesus, your spirit lives among us, moving and continues to move. Now, God, in this moment of pause, we also pray for the year to come. Would you continue to pour out your spirit on us? May we see a revival in this church, in the communities that surround this church and our country. God, will people turn to you and may their lives be changed just as the stories that we have heard today. Would you do it again in increasing abundantly, immeasurably more kind of measure than we could even ask or imagine? Jesus, we love you. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.